Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Floor and Decor. Largest selection of hard surface flooring and lowest prices guaranteed. We're going to Temple, Texas. Joyce, how can I help you? Hi, thank you for taking my call. My pleasure. Yeah, we live in an older home that's built in 48, and the home, uh, rooms are pretty small. The bathroom, it's a one-bathroom home. And right now we have an uh, an old tub, probably from the 70s. It may be an iron tub or steel, but it's starting to wear out around the drain. And so we were wanting to remodel the bathroom. Um, I don't particularly like glass doors for the shower, but I do want a walk-in shower. So as we get older, we don't have to step over, you know, to get to get into the bathroom. To get into the shower, step over the bathtub. Right. Is that, is that doable to do with a shower curtain where you wouldn't get water on the floor? You know, if you just have a walk-in shower with, say, a little lip to walk over, or is it is that not doable? No, it, it's it's definitely doable. It, it, you can you can do that with the glass doors as well uh, because it doesn't have to have a threshold for the glass doors on it. Right, and and I'm I'm not too keen about glass doors. I don't. They seem like they're not easy to keep clean, and um, you know they are. If you there's a treatment that can be done on uh, on glass doors. It's called shower guard. Uh huh. And if you have that done, they're they're actually very easy to to keep clean at that point, but. if you want to use a, a shower curtain across there, there's absolutely no reason not to. Now, I've done a couple of showers where rather than having any type of lip at all, mm-hmm. I basically make a little hump into the floor, and the tile just flows over it. Uh looks like it's just a little domed area in the floor. Oh. So it's, uh, it's able – I built these specifically for handicap. So they mm-hmm. could roll either wheelchairs or, in one case, uh, mm-hmm. even a bed s- straight wow. into the shower. So yes, okay. absolutely, it can be done. Okay, and then is that does that keep the water inside the shower as well then to drain? Yes, as, as far as not getting into the floor onto yep. the floor. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that sounds great. Thank you so much. I enjoy your show, Brian in Dallas. How can I help you? Hi. Um, I installed a hot water heater, electric in my house uh during the storm we had and ever since i re- installed it's a ream from uh home depot mm-hmm. but ever since i installed it i'm getting about a half a cup a day let's say of water coming out of that relief valve okay and i'm not sure what's why it's doing that well it can do it for one of two reasons the spring is weak on the pop-off uh-huh. or it's turned up so high that it's building pressure and having to release some of the pressure. Yeah, I'm only at 125 degrees. Yeah, you're not too high then. Uh, yeah. you, you must have it. It must have come with just a a weak uh, pop off valve. Okay. Now, one thing to have you tried opening the valve and and reclosing it? Yeah, multiple times. It okay. Doesn't seem to help. I would replace that valve. Okay. It just brand new. It just seems crazy. Yep. But right. it, like I say, much. it's just, it's just a spring in there that you know ha- that has to resist the pressure. Yeah. And if it's a weak spring, and then that can happen, uh, it's just not resisting enough. All right, thank you so much. You bet. Take care, Bud in Dallas. How are you doing today? 
I'm pretty good, sir. I appreciate your business. I appreciate what you're doing, and I thank you for your service to the community. Thank you, sir. I'm old and selling my house, and the the prices arrange subject to some of the things that are going to be have to be done to it. Uh, and it's an older house; it's sixty years old, and it's going to need some stuff. But the primary concern here is how much it costs to change the sewer lines. I live in northwest Dallas, and I see in my neighborhood a lot of that going on, and I'm hearing some really impressive prices it's going to take to get it done. And I'm wondering if you can help with that. I'm hearing high as $30,000 to dig up the sewer line. Yeah, depending on the size of the system, it can be that high. Uh, I will tell you, most of the time, it's not that much. I mean, that's one of the things that Due West does every day. Um, what size house are we talking about? Uh, 2,377, according to the tax rolls. Okay. And that's a two-bedroom, two-bath? Yeah, four-bedroom. I mean, bedroom. I'm sorry, a two-bath. Uh, four-bedroom, two-bath. Okay. Okay. Um. Whatever, I don't know what else to tell you. It'd be one kid in that. Are the bathrooms close to each other or separated pretty good? They're they're at the back part of the house on the back wall, both of them. Okay. Oh, that'd be the south side for us. Uh, they're they're pretty close to each other. There's a closet and then the air conditioner, hot water heater closet. Okay. Or uh, in that row, so the baths are all fairly close together. I think you would say. Okay. So based on, on you know, the, the information you just gave me, it sounds like to me you may be a candidate for what's called a reroute where you tunnel up underneath a little bit to get to all the, the fixtures, you know, the, the toilets and tubs and all that, and then run the pipes outside and then dig a trench around to where the sewer line is rather than trying to tunnel underneath and uh, run all the pipes that way. And usually that comes out a little little less expensive and sometimes quite a bit less expensive um now as far as exactly how much it's going to be i I couldn't say for sure but uh i'm thinking you're probably looking more like half of what you just told me on your numbers okay uh there's no way to tell until you get into it no because it's all done by footage and how deep you got to go to do it let's head into dallas and Efren, how may I help you today? Uh, yes, uh, I was wondering if I could find, like, just the garage panel itself. I backed yes. into it and got damaged, and I just need to change one panel. Is it a uh, wooden door or, or the metal? The metal. Okay. Uh, yes. And actually, those typically aren't all that hard to find. What's going to be harder is to find the one that matches as far as color and, and texture. Um, so if you can find anything on the panel that gives who the manufacturer is, that helps a great deal. But otherwise, otherwise, uh, professional garage concepts can, could or get that done for you. Uh, and a lot of the building supply stores, uh, you know, can order a panel if you can get enough information to make sure you get one that'll match. Okay, but there's not like a store where I could go and just pick it up 
take it home with me? No. No. No, because even even the uh, overhead garage guys, they have to go to a warehouse to to pick up the stuff, and they'll typically only deal with contractors. Okay. And when it, when you're talking about just a single panel, that's yeah. that's usually got to be ordered because typically the doors come as a complete unit. That's a set. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Bye. Um, but yeah, if you call, like I said, Professional Garage Concepts, they would definitely be able to help out with something like that, and uh, then you don't have to worry about it because there's going to be quite a bit of uh, work in changing a panel out. Now they make short time of it. Because they got all the right tools and uh, stuff set up, ready to go to do something like that. Uh, but it, you know, as as homeowners, a lot of times we have the tools, but we don't have the speed to get it done the way they would, and to hold things apart and everything while it's being done. Gary and Benbrook, how can I help you? Hey Jim, how are you today? Wonderful. How about you? Oh, fantastic! A uh, lot warmer today than yesterday. <laughs> oh, and and we got sunshine. Yeah, that makes a big difference, and no wind. Yep. Hey, Jim, I have a nineteen thousand gallon um, pool, kidney shaped, okay. and I got a couple of imperfections on the uh, surface itself. You know, the uh, the plaster. Sure. And I'm getting quotes all over the board. I'm talking, you know, eight to ten thousand. Uh, you know, depending what I need done. Um, some of the quotes are coming in, and they want to do everything, and they want more money. Is sure. there a way that I can fix uh, a whole? Uh, some of the plaster come off by about a sixteenth of an inch. It's probably about. Oh, I'd say about a foot and a half wide and about a foot, um, uh, you know, long, yeah. and it's on my step. So some guy told me that you could. there's actually a product that you can buy that you can put on yourself without draining the pool and fix that problem. Is that true or false? And what is, what kind of finish can I expect between a, a three thousand dollar cheap finish you know just uh the white sure. plaster or you know the the five or six thousand dollar quartz you know pebbles and yep. you know you can just go on and on and it just gets more expensive absolutely now i have not heard of any of the products that you can do underwater with you know patching something like that right uh not familiar with that at all um not to say that there couldn't be something but i gotta be honest i doubt it's gonna match in color wise worth a darn yeah um as far as the different finishes you know i've had pools a good share of my life and it's always been just the standard white marsite the uh quartz pebbles and stuff came along later uh, the nice thing on the quartz pebble is it's easier to keep the pool taken care of because mm -hmm. the algae doesn't grow into the quartz like it does the marsite finish. Right. Um, not to say that algae won't grow. It grows on the stuff between the the, the pebbles. But um, 
beyond that, it's just a matter of looks of which way you're more comfortable. Um, I have always found the white standard finish to be easier on my feet, even though you can rub your toes raw on it. Um, but, you know, when you walk on the in the in the pool itself, if you walk across on the the little pebbles, mm-hmm. it, it, it's yep. no different than walking on on a patio or something that's got pebbles versus smooth concrete. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. I understand that. I also have uh, uh, rows of tile that I'm thinking about refinishing myself. Okay. Just to save a few bucks. Yeah. And um, how smooth does that finish have to be behind? Uh, uh, the tile that I'm taking off. Not at all. It it can be rough. Okay. Uh, and, in fact, a lot of times, the, the, it, 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 most of the time, it is pretty rough back there. And, uh, you know, just the mastics that you use to adhere the tile fill in the rough spots, and the tile makes it look good. But, you know, my brother did that on his pool. Uh, he, had mm-hmm. a, he, he has a pretty large pool. And uh, he just took a summer and he'd go get in the pool and had the water level just below the tile and he would just go around and and work on it from within the pool you read my mind didn't you <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what i'm thinking yeah i'm trying you know i had this quote um last year and it was probably about 35 to 40 well it depends somewhere around 35% cheaper last year than it is this year. <laughs> it, all the material costs are just skyrocketing. Now, Maybe. I'll give you a couple little tips if, you, if you're going to do that yourself, yes, floating sir. around in the pool. Yeah. Uh, either get you two noodles or, or a floating chair of right. some kind that you can sit on while you're going around doing it, uh, uh-huh. because that way you're not having to tread water. And have a little floating thing with you to keep your uh, tools and and uh, mastic in and stuff rather than trying to keep it on the pool deck because yeah. you're having to reach up too high to see everything. Now, what do you think about going to two rows of three-by-three three versus a six-by-six six on a kidney-shaped pool and spa? Uh, you, because of the curves and stuff, you'll find the smaller tile is better. When you okay. try to get the tile too big... Uh, it it doesn't give you a nice curve where you need it to curve. Right. Yes. And the other question I have, Jim, just real quick, and I apologize for so many questions. I know That's you have okay. a lot of callers. Um, the other thing was um, if I have a couple cracks, like right near the skimmer, I can just put the mastic in there, or do I need to seal it? Like it's right up underneath the for lack of better words, the deck, I don't know what you call that, cement around on the edge. Um, I've got... The coping? Yes, yes, that's what it is. Okay. And is it okay to... And it's right under that, that coping. Uh-huh. And I was wondering if you could just put the mastic or, you know, put the 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 tile adhesive. You call it, again, what? Mastic? Oh, I, I'm a mastic because it just depends on what kind you're using. Okay. Um, yeah. But... The there's uh, on almost all pools there's a uh, a joint that goes all the way around because the the pool shell is formed and then the concrete for the pool deck 
goes on top uh, with the coping on top. Um, and so there's a natural joint there anyways. Yes, got it. Fantastic. So, yeah, you just fill, fill it in with, with what you're using for the for adhering the tile. Fantastic. I, I really appreciate uh, your knowledge and everything that you do. Listen to you all the time. Your show's awesome. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Good luck Bye-bye. with the pool. Let's go to Richardson and Randy. How can I help you? Well, I've got uh, a couple of doors that were put in at 32-inch, and I'd requested 36, so now I'm stuck with making them into 36. How was the best way for me to do that? Sheetrock already on? Yeah. Oh, you... It hasn't been painted, and it's uh, they're just roughed in openings right now. Okay then you're basically going to have to open up the framing because not only is it the the width, but the header's going to have to be replaced for the new size door opening. Uh, So that basically is going to require cut the sheetrock out of the way, open it up, put the new header and and, uh, supports on each side. and Well, really, you only got to add support on one side. Uh, Depending on how you're going to widen this, do you have room to... Take both sides out, or are you going to just move it all to one side? Um, I could probably do it on both sides or one side. Okay. So if you do it on on just one side, then you only have to open up the wall on one side uh, of the doorway. But if you're going to widen a little bit on both directions, then you're basically you know, cutting two sides and, and reframing both sides rather than just one. Okay. So how much sheetrock am I going to tear up here? Well, you are typically going to tear up all the way to the next stud beyond where you're going to stop. Because you got to have something there to nail the sheetrock to when you put the new opening in. You're, you're, you got to have a, a bigger opening than the, sh- than the uh, doorway is so that you got room to nail everything together. And so basically wherever that next stud is, you're going to cut down the middle of it so that you got the ability to make a, a seam there. Okay, so I'm going to have to uh, tear out the sheetrock and put in a header. Yep. Tear out the header and then put in a new header and just go from there. Yep. That yeah, sounds like a big mess. Well, but if you haven't already gotten to the point of painting and all that stuff, uh, now's yeah. the time to do it. Yeah, no, I haven't painted it. Just hit the, I think uh, matching the texture on the sheet on the uh, sheetrock. Is it a spray on or or a stamp stamp type? Uh, I believe they sprayed on and then just uh, kind of mashed it down. Yep, yeah, that's very easy to match. Won't won't be a problem at all. Okay, and just get some spray on and mash it down. Yeah, you basically they mix it with sheetrock mud, or in right. some cases they use a regular texture. But they they came in with a truck-mounted rig, I'm sure, and did the whole house at once. Right. They make portable hoppers, though, that you can hook up to an air compressor, and it looks identical. Uh, it, it, it matches in very nicely. Okay, so be running a little bit, so get it all done and then run it one time. To- yep. Uh, and and honestly, with those hoppers, 
I don't typically rent those things. They are so cheap to buy. Uh, I've I don't know what they're running right now, but the last time I I looked at one, it was only like thirty five bucks. Okay, so just go buy one and yep. And how big of a compressor am I going to need? Well, it depends on how long you want to keep it running. Uh, it, it does take a, a one that's going to keep the airflow going pretty good. So those uh, the, the the type with the two tanks under them, they typically keep right. up pretty good. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Jim, this is Mike, and I have a master bath with a granite top on the vanity and the uh. backsplash behind it. And above the backsplash, is a from the backsplash to the ceiling, there's a glass tile. And it has a one water spigot coming out of the glass tile. And recently, I've noticed that when I turn the water on, the grout lines get dark or wet. And, and then you turn it off and it recedes. Yep. Do you uh, want me to hold on while you... Yeah, if you mind holding on, because, yeah, we, we're, oh. I, I, I got an idea of what's going on here. And uh, we'll come back and we'll address that here on Texas Home Improvement. When we left, I was talking with Mike. and One other thing there. Sure. This is a shared wall between a townhouse, and it's on the second floor, and there's an attic above it. Now, the, the uh, pipes for that, that water line, is it going up through that uh, glass blocks? Uh, they're behind it, I would say. I, I bought the townhouse already built, and, and uh, so I don't know. But yeah. They're not on well, the ceiling, I don't think. Okay. Because what it sounds like is there's a uh, fitting or something like that that's leaking and getting water on the grout line. And that's reading once you shut it off, it dries out so fast. Uh, right. You got to – but the problem is the, that would be after – that would be before the faucet, though. Or, or is the faucet like in the wall and then the, the pipe goes up for the water to come out? The faucet is in the wall. It's a one-piece faucet. Yep. Meaning there's, and so, it's, you know, my opinion is it's going to have to be torn out. The, yeah. Uh, the top. It, it does, and I hate to tell you that, but that, that's exactly what's going to have to happen. Okay. Uh, because I'm, I'm not using it because I was concerned about mold and all that. Yeah. But uh, so that's your best best guess. Is it yeah, some it, kind it's of gasket or something. Yeah, it's more than likely going to be a joint, uh, a joint. you know, that okay. that uh, started leaking. And what you're going to need is is a brick person who works on glass blocks to come out. Uh, there's a company called Mister Brick. Uh, give them a call, yeah. and they can dismantle it, and then uh, the plumbers can take care of what needs to be done. Kevin, how are you today? I'm doing good. Uh, appreciate you taking my call. You bet. Hey, I I have got a brick mailbox. It's probably 19, 20 years old now. And the back of the mailbox itself has rusted out. What would be your recommendation? To, I, I'm going to leave in the next <clears throat> year, so I'd really like to patch it just to keep my mail dry. Sure. What can I get in there and patch it with? Have a piece of metal cut to that size and just uh, 
use a mastic to adhere it on there. Okay. Just some uh, thick mastic and yep. no other type of sealer, you think? No. Uh, if you use a, a thick mastic on it and have the piece of metal cut to size, uh, it'll adhere to each other and take care of it. Excellent. I do appreciate it. I enjoy listening to your show. Thank you, sir. This came in from Jason in Rosenberg, and he says, Hi, Jim. What should I use to refill the vertical expansion joint on my brick masonry home? There seems to have been some sort of caulking there that has broken down over time. Well, Jason, uh, it is. There, there's an expansion joint caulking material that goes into those, and it will break down over time. I, I mean, uh, far too often we try to look for materials that are going to last forever on our homes, and they don't. They they are meant to be upgraded as time goes on. An expansion joint material is, is a really good example of one that does. Now, there's a product called Big Stretch. That works extremely well for expansion joints because it has a lot of elasticity to it. Uh, there are other expansion joint materials. You can even use a a regular siliconized caulk, but all of them will break down over time and have to be replaced. But usually you're getting, you know, 10, 15, 20 years out of them before you have to redo them. So it's it's not like it's something that needs to be done on a uh, daily or yearly basis or anything like that, but it does have to be done. So just keep that in mind when, when you do it. It's not going to be a one-time and done but yeah that big stretch uh i mean that's that's ideal for that type of situation antonio how can i help yes sir i have a house that um kind of putting a budget together because i'm looking to maybe put some central heat in there it's an old house okay and <clears throat> once we got into the attic i found out that uh there's no insulation up there whatsoever and i've been told that if i'm gonna put central heat in there probably be good to have that up there. I was wondering what's the least expensive way to to take care of that. Well, it, it is options. it is a good idea to go ahead and put insulation in simply because that changes the size of the AC units you need. And so that can bring down the cost some off the AC because if you don't have insulation, the air conditioner has to work harder and therefore it requires a bigger unit. Um, okay. You're in Dallas, so you're going to have two choices here. Obviously, you can take a look at using a fiberglass blown-in insulation or bat insulation. The difference between the blown-in and the bat, once you put a bat insulation in, you know, that's the stuff that comes in a roll, it doesn't settle. Uh, where blown-in fiberglass insulation will settle with time. But okay. The other insulation that I recommend you take a look at is called Milo insulation. And this is still blown in, but it looks like packing peanuts. It's made of sorghum, and uh, it just it really does a great job because the air packets that, that gives uh, insulation its R value are, are uh, built into those peanuts. So even if it did settle some... It, it doesn't hurt anything, but it works really great in attics like that. Uh, it, it's uh, cost-effective, and since you don't ever have to do it again, it, it makes it even more cost-effective. But right now, what's really going to make it cost-effective for you is 
because this is an environmentally friendly product, because it's made of sorghum, which is renewable, uh, there's there's a $500 tax credit that you can probably take advantage of as well. Oh, okay. So I would tell you give them a call at 940-331-MILO, and that's M-I-L-O. What, what is the cost comparison of the three options? You going to have it done or are you going to do it yourself? Uh, I'm considering doing it myself. If you're going to do it yourself, the bat insulation is, is going to be a reasonable uh, thing. But the blown-in insu uh, fiberglass insulation is probably going to be a little bit less expensive than the bat insulation. And the Milo insulation uh, runs neck and neck with the blown-in fiberglass insulation. And that's having somebody else do it with professional equipment. Right. Okay. So in your case, it'd probably be a little less expensive for you to put the bat in yourself or, okay. or, or hire somebody to do the Milo or the fiberglass. Well, I've never done that before, but from what I've seen, because I've checked the Home Depot and I've seen the rows and I saw that they yep. also have some stuff for, for uh, blowing it in. They and, do. And um, I... I I didn't see any Milo there, so I guess I don't carry that. No, uh, the Milo, you would have to hire them Milo insulation to come in and do it. Uh, and okay. uh, and I'll, I'll be up front with you. You'll rent that machine to blow the fiberglass in. Mm -hmm. You'll do it once and wish you'd never done it. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> <laughs> what about the, the rows? Uh, how... I'm assuming that just goes between the rafters up there, right? It does. Yeah, you just would, you okay. would just unroll it and and drop it in between the uh, ceiling joists up there, and you're done. Okay. What's uh, I'm curious. Uh, by no means am I uh, I'm close to being a contractor or anything, but on that row, you know, there's paper on one side, and then the other side doesn't have paper. What's the purpose of that? Uh, well, the paper is used when you're doing new construction so you got something to staple and hold this stuff into place before the sheetrock goes in in the situation oh, okay. you're in you don't need the paper you can just get the unfaced oh i didn't know it came both ways with the paper and without the paper yep okay is that is that cheaper uh you know i've never looked at the the cost difference i would i would imagine it is but i don't think it's okay. going to be much it's just going to be pennies okay so if I end up getting the, with the paper, which way is, is up? I'm assuming the paper's on paper the bottom. Goes, yeah, paper goes on the bottom. Why are garage doors only 7 foot tall? I'd like to increase mine to 8 or 9 feet. I have the room. My garage ceiling is about 12 foot tall. I've had a hard time finding a contractor who will do this work. Can you recommend someone? Also, can you give me an idea on what this will cost? level of effort, etc. Well, they make garage doors that are taller like that. I mean, shop doors, for instance, are standard at 12 feet. Uh, and all they got to do is, is add panels to the door to make it taller. So the height is not the issue. The reason they're seven foot, that's pretty much the standard that's needed for regular residential vehicles to go in and out of the uh, garage and, and that's the reason that height is is picked uh, no no other reason than that now as far as taking the, an existing one and raising it up the, the thing you're going to find is there's a header 
across the top of the overhead door. That's going to have to be raised up. So in order to do this, they're going to have to put temporary supports inside the garage that hold the ceiling up. Then they'll dismantle the uh, section above the garage door uh, on the wall section, raise that header up, extend the the uh, oh the wood that's holding the header up in place, the the, the studs and everything, extend those up. Uh, and then you can have the new garage door installed. And it will take a new garage door unless you can still get the same garage door you have now. Then you can just go up two foot, add another panel, and, and you're good. But uh, it absolutely can be done. It's expensive uh, because you're you're making a pretty major change, and it's not going to happen in just a, a couple hours. Uh, how expensive? I really couldn't put a number on it because right now everything is just so out of whack on the cost that uh, it, it's next to impossible for me to to give you even a remote price on this but uh, absolutely it can be done uh, Tom in New Caney sent an email also asking uh, my home was built in 1975 it's a concrete slab I would like to raise the whole house about six inches is that possible Absolutely. Do it all the time. Brick veneer outside and ceramic floors throughout the home, about 1,800 square foot. How much damage would be done on inside of house? Well, uh, honest with you, I have raised houses, you know, four, five, six feet in the air uh, and not had any cracks. It's not unusual to get a crack in the sheetrock or something like that, but... As far as the floors and, and all that, normally it goes just fine. I will tell you, if you're going to go through the expense of raising it, I wouldn't stop at six inches, though. Uh, unless there's some specific reason six inches is all you want, I would probably go a little bit higher because the cost is going to be almost identical. Um, in fact, on a lot of houses, you know, if we're going up, say, 18 inches, then we're looking at using a unilift system. And once we have that system set up, whether you go 18 inches or 4 feet, the cost is the same. Uh, if you're talking 6 or 12 inches, yeah, there, there can be a little bit of cost difference, but the major cost is in the setup and getting it ready. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com. 